We're here starting your day right with Marketing Espresso, your marketing caffeine hit of the day. Hello, hello. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Marketing Espresso. I'm very excited for today's guest because he is very well versed in playing with ChatGPT because he actually comes from an information technology background. So AI is nothing new to this guest. His passion is to provide value and solve business problems for organizations, leveraging the power of cutting edge technology. And he's had the opportunity to do that every single day in his career. But that's not just all Mark Boyd does. Mark is also the founder of EverySaturday.com, which is a website that really talks to mental health and all of the things that we know are related to mental health. And his journey personally into why he started every Saturday starts from his relentless and sometimes misguided pursuit of technical and business perfection, a high bar that he realized was actually impossible to meet. And he openly shares making mistakes and owning them. Every Saturday has been created to show that even the most senior people in the technology industry can be vulnerable and make mistakes. He has a passion for problem solving, has risen through the ranks to build high-performing teams worldwide. He's always been aware of his mental health challenges and has never shied away from tackling them head on. So I encourage you to listen to this episode, which we're actually going to talk all things ChatGPT and how to build it in as a tool in your, I guess, your toolbox of resources that you use already on the internet and all the wonderful tech that exists. But also understand that Mark Boyd understands what it is like to be overworked, to be highly driven and ambitious to the point where it can actually lead us down that path of mental health challenges. I hope you love today's episode and I would love to hear any feedback you have as always. If you love the podcast, make sure you share it with anyone you think that it could add value to. Mark, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. It's all right. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm excited because we are talking about something that the whole world is talking about. The whole world won't shut up about it. (laughs) And I was just saying to you off off before we started recording that I'm a little bit challenged by it, but you are so pro it. So I feel like it's going to be a really interesting conversation. Could be. Maybe GPT, take it away. <laughs> Indeed. Um, I guess so, as we were talking uh, offline before, before this was um, the what do you want to know thing, and then you mentioned that you were challenged by it, and mm-hmm. this is you inviting me to chat, but I think I've probably <laughs> got about questions for yourself. So um, so where do you want to start? What I could talk forever about my experience. I could talk about how I'm using it almost daily, probably too much, um, what opportunities for marketing, you know, in your domain and all that type of stuff. But um yeah, where do you want to start? What have you got well, for me? I feel like I love the idea of I think everything that comes out and challenges you said something really interesting, which you feel like it's the industrial revolution of 2023 or like yeah. or 20 whenever it came out. But I find this fascinating because so we've we've had AI tech before. I actually use like AI to transcribe my podcast and give me my show notes, right? So it's not like this is not foreign. Yeah. What do you think it is about chat GPT that has just taken people like by absolute storm? I was even sitting in a hub office the other week and all people around me were saying it was chat GPT. I was like, mm-hmm. God, I'm going to start a Twitch when people say this <laughs> bloody thing. Yeah. What do you think it is? Like what has taken, why has it taken over the world? I think it's um on the geek part of it, it's better than it's ever been before. So you may have or your listeners may have heard the version that we're at now is four and the one before that is three. And basically, practically what that means is you've got, I think it was 100 billion to 100 trillion data points between the versions, right? So it's like if you want to take that example you gave of your note 
some um, transcription stuff. It's not just now taking notes for you. It's going, hey, at three minutes and 17 seconds, this person's voice elevated and they were more emotional than they were. Maybe that's going to be your hook for your next conversation about blah thing. Or you can go back and listen to that bit because that was the bit that maybe the bit that gets you the ability to market your podcast better when you do the soundbite intro to the next thing, right? Like, and I'm just spitballing the idea, but the ability for that AI with its data points, with what it's learned from everything it's now been fed can really take your route to market a lot quicker, a lot sharper, right? Um, I was talking about this offline with you with a friend's pet food business. Now, you're a marketer. I wouldn't ever profess to know what your body of knowledge is or how to generate a marketing campaign for that matter. But this friend started up a pet food business. I'm sitting there guiding him from a business perspective. And I'm like, what are you doing to disrupt the sector, right? We know who your competitors are. I'm not a marketer. You're not. You're shipping pet food to people's doors. Not to diminish your effort, but I just went to ChatGPT and said, right, I want to know what people would want to do if they were buying pet food from this established, this new startup versus the established models, right? And it went into talking about psychographic and demographic, um, what modern buyers are looking for from ethics and transparency and the problems with the pet food industry and the supply chain and buy from this type of supply chain group because it's ethical and it's maybe not vegan because that's bad for dogs, but you know what I mean? Like, it's, <laughs> Oh, there are vegan dogs out there, which scares the shit out of me, but they exist. That's a topic for another rant. I think. <laughs> but you know what I mean? So it's like, I don't have to even be an expert as a business consultant yeah. on marketing and I'm not professing to replace you and your role, but I look at it and go, if you're a person in an industry that's never touched this before, take what your assumed body of knowledge is. One, use it as cheat codes. I think that's where to start, right? Get mm-hmm. in and go, I'm an expert on marketing and I've got this new contracting gig to do marketing stuff for a pet food company. What don't I know? I don't want to do 150 hours of desktop research. I want to plug my thoughts and assumptions into this platform that says, if you do these 10 things, these are what the pet food folks are going to care about. Um, and this may accelerate time to market or disrupt the competition or whatever it may be, right? Mm. I think GPT's thing in the marketing world is the ability to to disrupt maybe the more traditional styles of marketing. Like we were talking about, oh, you've got a budget for $100,000 to advertise at the MCG as a new pet food startup company. Well, let's not do that. Let's take that hundred grand and ask for better ways to spend it across more areas of marketing that may go more viral quickly. Do you believe, though, that it has the capability to be creative in terms of, like, innovative as well? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, and I'm doing it already. So we spoke about very briefly what I do with the Every Saturday brand thing that I've got, and we'll talk about that later or another time. But one of my things in talking about mental health is I want to fundamentally change the world and the topic of mental health, right? I want people talking about it daily, right? So when you look at websites and some of your readers might be familiar with them, like Glassdoor, for example, that website is an application where I go and I give a review of the company I work for, good, bad, or indifferent, and it's anonymous so they can't see what feedback I'm specifically Mark Boyd giving about them. Now, what I've done with ChatGPT is said, what if I disrupt that world? And I go, I want to be the person that promotes mental health conversations and give people the ability to track their happiness in a way that lets the businesses see whether or not their employees are happy but anonymously so you sort of don't breach the or overreach into people's lives as a business, right? Anyway, 
So I plugged that into ChatGPT and said, this is what I'm thinking. I know the service doesn't exist, but I'm not a programmer. I'm not a developer. I'm not an architect. I certainly can't really paint any pictures on paper. I'm definitely not an artist. You take my story of the world that I'm trying to change and go and generate what I would need to do at a programming level that I can give to people and a marketing level and a design level and so on and so forth. And it did the whole lot. I basically had a 50-page business case in 10 seconds. Wow. Right? So from a time to market, if you've got an idea, hop on. Like start typing away going, this is my idea. Build me a business, please. It's bloody powerful. But okay, so it can build your business. And this is the part that I think it, it maybe it doesn't lack. I think it does. It can't execute for you. So I guess that's where you still have to have that human element. Because for me, so the thing that I started sharing with you that challenges me about it is I have a very deep value of connection. So when I meet people, I like, and you probably would have picked this up pretty quickly. I have a lot of questions. I want to know you. I want to know what makes you tick. I think I should have actually been a psychologist, but here we are. I'm not that. Marketing and psychology feels very dangerous, right? But I think you know, for me, I'm like, oh, my God, all this AI. Like, we've all seen iRobot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't yeah. want to end up in a fight with robots. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So and It's interesting. Um, I had an, um, embarrassingly enough, hour-long conversation with ChatGPT on the tram home the other day. And that's why when you said that before to me, I lit up because I'm about to embarrass myself significantly. <laughs> and the basic premise of the question I gave to it was around ethics and morality and all of that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you ask it to do something that's probably unethical, like you've got the train track thing of go there and you'll accidentally wipe out one person or four and make it choose and it refuses to, right? So we're building in the safeguards to not let AI replace the humanity or the connection or make even arbitrary decisions where it's a human decision to make and not a robotic one. Mm. But I've had this perhaps controversial idea and opinion or thought process that I don't necessarily believe we should put those rail guards in about ethics and connection and so on and so forth because ethics sure but i think our stopping point should be the bit where it starts to make decisions on our behalf like that's probably a hard no for me i think it should surface up the potential to make a decision on our behalf with mathematical certainty based on everything it knows but the reason why i don't think we should be putting those ethical rail guards in necessarily the way we are is if you take raising a kid, for example, right? So the thing is for me is that all humanity at the end of the day, maybe too clinically is like a data point, right? We tell our kids that green is green, blue is blue, red is red. They learn stuff from us, from nature and nurture, from their grandparents, from their friends, from the playground. What we're doing with ChatGPT is exactly the same thing, but we're just giving it hundreds of trillions of rows of things to learn as opposed to the limited amount we can impart on our kids. So what's the difference? And I heard a really, oh, my God, I cannot remember. You fully lit me up now. I heard a really interesting, I cannot, I feel like I was talking to my sister about this because she's a massive, like she's really smart on this stuff. She likes knowing everything about everything. So she'll research. She's the researcher in my life that tells me. (laughs) She does the research. She tells me. It's great. She was researching about this and obviously because the people that are feeding the information into it, into some AI, not necessarily chat GPT, but they might be like white middle-aged men. Yeah. So therefore, the opinion of the AI is the same as white middle-aged men. And therefore, yeah. it has bias the same as white middle-aged men. Like, yeah, yeah so and crazy. I, and I think that's where you're right about the connection bit, right? And that's the, like, for me, it's I don't challenge people on that point because you're there's no point, right? So I asked it the other day. I'm like, oh, can you generate the bio of what the first president of Australia is going to be like? And it spat out, it will be an athletic, strong 
sharp chiseled male with facial hair in smart casual clothing that will disrupt blah I'm like why was its default response Ooh. that it would be a male right um and we spoke about this before I, I identify as a yeah pretty- I'm gonna be the first president what the hell <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, I'll vote for you straight away let's do it um but you know so so you're right there but I mean I guess it's because it's been fed the data of every single known president across every country around the world for mm. a time so the statistical likelihood as it stands today is that that's what's going to happen but I think the reason why I also call it industrial revolution is because of that, because now we've got the ability to fight fair, anyone using data, right? Like everyone, when you walk into a boardroom or a meeting goes, bring data to this meeting so we can talk from the same point. Well, what if AI is the moderator of mine and your opinion where it puts its hand up halfway through a meeting and says, hey, you're both wrong because statistically X or this is problematic, like AI interjecting in a meeting to go, it's problematic because the long-held biases that you both have discussing this thing that you're trying to solve for um, is ABC thing. And if you change your tact, it may actually even be a way to open up new markets for you or revenue or whatever, right? Like I think the thing that changes this time with AI is that it's no longer just task-driven. I want AI to go and transcribe my meetings. It's I want it to challenge me and offer opinions and sentiment and so on and so forth. And anyone can do this. The free version of it, you can create a profile now and just start throwing stuff in and seeing what it spits out. Interesting. I've unabashedly used it to respond to tenders on what my day job is to go, hey, are we responding to these tender requirements properly? What used to be 50 hours worth of document writing is now five. Like, Yeah, wow. So, okay, so how, okay, so given the data points in that from the internet, mm-hmm. Does it have filters for like, because obviously we know there's a lot of crap on the internet. Yeah. So how does it filter out the crap? Oh, the different platforms out there are doing it differently. So like the one that everyone's talking about, ChatGPT, it's kind of like the Google of the time. If I say I Google it, I don't necessarily use Google. I might use a different search thing, but it's mm. a generic word for it, right? So I think just for clarity, people are using ChatGPT to describe all AI, but all of them are kind of slightly different. So um this open AI chat GPT one doesn't connect directly to the internet. It's being fed off what people are giving it. So it's actually not having that crap data underneath it. It's not the foremost expert on this, but mostly verified information with statistical likelihood on whatever it is that it's telling you, right? There was a case a while ago where one of the first attempts at getting an AI to like take on a persona everyone on the internet jumped on and started making it quite problematic like teaching it some pretty terrible ideals because <laughs> humans are humans are kind of fucked up. <laughs> yeah. um and so it was corrupted immediately so that was one of the lessons in this iteration was let's not have that happen by not letting it just unfettered access have unfettered access to the internet right mm. and I, I challenge things like education systems to get better here because it's being banned statewide in Australia and other jurisdictions for not letting it in schools yet because teachers haven't responded from a pedagogy perspective on how to get it into the classroom in any way that doesn't just let a kid cheat on their exam, right? Yeah. But then they go home and they go, well, I'm reading Breaker Morant from my English textbook and my essay is due at the end of the quarter, so I'll just do it on my phone at home and remember the article by rote. What's the difference between that and studying the book in full, right? The outcome's the same. So I'm challenging people to go, the data that's in there and the data that will inevitably continue to be in there is going to allow us quicker answers to anything, anytime, ever. And I think even if there's 100 trillion data points in this data set and, what, 30% of them are junk, well, then you 
the AI will adjust for its bias, adjust for its learning and go, well, this data seems junk because the overwhelming statistical likelihood of me as an AI being accurate on this thing is 97%. I think it's philosophical pretty quickly, but I think in the long term, everything ends up okay. And in the long term with AI, you'll see it's come from here to here, like immediately. And that's like a long time in tech now is a couple of weeks, right? What's yeah, it going to be like yeah. in a year or two's time? I think the narrative is going to shift away from, oh, well, if it's being fed crap, it's no good to, we've accounted for that. We've already put the guardrails for ethics up. I've already tried to yell at AI for telling me that it can't have a moral compass when I think personally that it can, right? So all of the people that are sort of, thinking about this and talking about it around a barbecue like they're perhaps not spending the hour or two a day that I do in there it's part of what I do to make a living um but these conversations help to keep challenging the what the how the why the where right so Mm. well that's why I wanted you to get because to be honest I needed to be challenged on it because as a marketer I was like well what are going to be the legal implications? What are going to be the SEO implications? Are there just going to be a whole bunch of people that are now thought leaders in spaces where they've never been thought leaders before and they don't actually have the expertise or the experience to back it up? Like, yeah. you know, and that's still what, but at the end of the day, I think you're right. Everything, at the end of the day, you can, I could become a thought leader as a doctor potentially using it. But if someone came to me as a patient, I'm not going to be able to go very far. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and of course, and I, I think that's the conversation I've been having a lot lately is I don't profess to know your industry. And mm. I've sat in executive leadership tables with the global head of marketing next to me going, I don't know how to build and execute a marketing plan. I could probably read a book because I have a capacity for learning, but why don't you tell me what you need from me as a subject matter expert and I'll feed it to you, right? So your study, your training, all of the stuff that you've learned over time to get you to this point, I think now the chat GPT world for marketers is what are my cheat codes? How do I get this quickly? I need an industry profile on pet food or apparel or I'm working for a not-for-profit, how I cut through the message to a not-for-profit as a marketer, blah, 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 blah. I love the idea of using it like I guess alongside your knowledge already because of course you're going to do that and I mean I am a marketer that I'm a strategist so I have spent a shit ton of time doing research and it's painful so yeah yeah, you're right if something can cut that out I mean I still think there is an element of you have to go do research you have to understand markets competition all of that but I think what you're explaining to me that it does is it gives you a different view of the the way that I would naturally approach something yeah yeah it's fine which I, I think, think is so. really important. Yeah, and I think if you look at things like in marketing, um, what's your expected ROI from any activity if you're sitting customer side going, you're asking them to part with their money for a promises of a return. Do you want to take jobs on where you're giving, the customer pays you 50 grand and you might only make them a 10% return on that, right? Mm. Like the ability to ask the right question is what's critically important to this platform's use, right? Yeah you know what the right terms are for generating ROI on any project um, to look at it and go, well, over a five-year period, can you please develop me a, the bare bones of a marketing strategy for this pet food company to take them from here to here and what would help get me this expected growth, blah. like, And you can throw any marketing term in there and I can probably flip it into a phrase for you to ask ChatGPT. I think the most important thing for adoption of the technology, if you're a practitioner in any industry, is know how to intelligently ask a question. Mm. Because if you can't, it does go to that junk data in, junk data out. I think I'm relatively intelligent. I've asked it questions that I thought were well phrased and it's like, I don't know what you're talking about, Mark. I'm like, okay, let me ask the question again differently. Now, the challenge with it is 
as I've rephrased the question, I'm injecting my bias into how I've asked the question, which means I don't grow and evolve, right? Yeah. What I want to see from these platforms is, all right, so you've asked the question back to it and 50,000 other marketers have asked the question and goes, hang on a second, this is where I want to see it go. 50,000 marketers have all asked a very, very similar thing, but what we're seeing in the data is that we're actually never getting more than X. So if all 50,000 of you have said, we want to generate a campaign to generate 3X return on investment for a customer, but realistically, it's only ever doing 10% return, well, then your fundamental understanding of how to successfully execute that marketing campaign is wrong, maybe, not to be controversial, but you see what I'm getting at. It's yeah, yeah, totally. The better it is that it gets the results fed to it by the re- turn of the activity and the sharper your questions are you're just developing another way to get a competitive advantage right but how does it get that data about a successful campaign like that's mm. you guys feeding it at the end of a campaign going hey i did this thing and i got 10 times more than i thought i would data point logged if everyone's doing that then we get smarter we market better and marketing's a science it's not some fluffy thing that people just hire because they think they want pretty images on a website right <laughs> I think you've got an opportunity to disrupt in a big way. Mm, love that. I feel very, I feel challenged. I think it's good because, yeah, like I, I I would definitely say I haven't been negative about it, but I've just been very, for me, it is, it, and it comes back to that connection piece. But what I'm hearing is obviously if you use it as like a, another thing in your toolkit, I mean, you have a massive toolkit anyway. It's just another thing injecting a different way. It was yep. going to challenge you. I love the idea of challenging. Like most of my friends are marketers, which people are blown away by because they're like, <laughs> but they're your competition. It's like, but they're not because they think differently to me. Yeah. And that's what I think the AI, regardless of what it looks like, where it comes from, that's the one thing it will never replace is people yep. still ultimately do want to connect with humans. Yeah. But it's the fact that we can use AI to challenge our bias and challenge because you're right. Like I would approach everything with my background in how I've approached marketing. And even I know in the last three years as a market, I have grown a lot because I've surrounded myself with a lot of other marketers. So if you can surround yourself with three trillion or whatever the hell it is, it's pretty cool. (laughs) Yeah. You know, a mate of mine works for one of the big companies that's doing AI stuff at the moment and he... um, He's a statistician and a mathematician and a programmer and all of those things that make him a subject matter expert on this that I'm not, and I can barely keep up with him in those conversations. But the one thing that we do go toe-to-toe on in a really cool way is that I ask the question the way that gets a result from a platform like this or we challenge each other to go, well, let's actually test that hypothesis, right? So the other day I sat there, and this will probably make you laugh, is that I'm like, Dear chat GPT, predicts the tax lotto results for me. And um, it's like, I can't do that. I'm an AI platform and that's unethical. I said, okay, let me play a game with you, right? What I want to do is take every single tax lotto result for the last four years oh. that we have, plug them in and give me the statistical likelihood that what numbers are most likely going to appear. Right? And it's a game of random chance. So the, like, even if it's more likely that the numbers will appear based on the math you've done, then that's cool, but you're still probably not going to win. I'll let you know next Thursday if I've got a couple of extra million dollars. Damn. In it. Um, or I can just give you the numbers and we'll split it in half. Yeah, um, I'm keen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I was talking to him about it. He goes, oh, well, you've got all of this other type of analysis, right, of multivariate analysis and all of this other math boring junk crap stuff that you could ask that would generate better likelihood, right? 
Like, yeah, but it's still chance. It's like, yeah, but if you're going to do the exercise, you might as well ask more intelligent questions. I'm like, I can't be bothered. I'm bored now. I've already moved on. It's told me what I wanted to see. And then I stopped and I went on to whatever other activity I probably should be doing at the time. But the thing about that is, and the reason I give that example is because if you stop thinking as a human that you have something to learn and then you keep using a platform like this to replace your function to let it do the thinking for you, someone else that's a smarter thinker is going to come in and use it even better to ask the right question to get a better result. Again, you hit the nail on the head. It's just a tool, really fundamentally. I just think where it could and should replace a lot of humanity is to take conjecture out of conversations, right? Like I'm not, I don't want to focus on any one topic for more than 10 minutes in a meeting. I want to go, what are we here for? What outcome are we looking for? Dear ChatGPT, tell me what the most likely result is if we go and do blah. It connects to the data and tells you, and then you move on. Like, get out of meetings, mm. right? Go and have that connection at the pub talking yeah. about how good your life's going to be when you're millionaires because AI did the work for you, right? <laughs> I love this theory. You know what I'm doing as soon as we get off this recording, right? <laughs> Getting your tax lotto numbers sorted? 100%. <laughs> Here I thought it was just my lucky numbers that would get me there, but you've just, like, made that a lot easier. I, I, for disclaimer for anyone listening, it's not going to work, but... <laughs> Well, maybe yeah. I feel I feel like it's um it's gonna you you download like the most questions asked into it in the last like month it'll just be like lotto yeah <laughs> love it love it well thank you so much Mark I feel like that has been it's been eye opening and I feel like brain widening if that's the <laughs> the word I want to use um yeah I feel like I'm a lot more challenged now to go and actually use it from the fact that it's part of your toolkit it's not replacing. Yeah. The fact that you're a human. Yeah, exactly right. And just have a play. Like, I don't know, it's open AI or something like that when you search for it or search ChatGPT grant account and just start typing stuff. Mm. You know, I have a long-held assumption of ABC thing. Tell me why I'm wrong. And yeah. keep an open mind, right? And then when you start applying the questions and getting more and more into it, you'll find that um, maybe it won't challenge your assumptions, but it will certainly give you statistics as to why you're right or wrong or what alternatives you can take, you know. Um, yeah, I love that. I think it's a fantastic tool. I wrote a really silly article just to rile people up about how it's going to save humanity and whether I believe <laughs> it or not is probably, um, I don't know, maybe I do on some days, maybe I don't. But I, I think fundamentally if you sit there and go, I don't want to spend two hours doing this, I want to spend 10 minutes doing this, mm. use ChatGPT. It's a yeah. tool. Love that. Well, we're going to share that article in the show notes, I feel. How else can people find, work with you? What's the best ways? Yeah, so the website um, that I kickstarted was everysaturday.com.au. The 10-second overview was that it was a business that was just for mentoring originally. I wanted a way to do tax deductions on the coffee when I was running my mentoring stuff. <laughs> and it worked. Um, and that was over seven years ago, so screw you, ATO. Um <laughs> In all seriousness, it was everysaturday.com.au and then I launched it after coming back from overseas a year or two ago where I was sort of in a pretty crazy mental health space and I thought I need to just start giving back and getting out there and challenging people to be better with talking about mental health outcomes. So that's everysaturday.com.au was it. Um, people can email me, find me on LinkedIn. I'm pretty accessible. Yeah, all the socials, you'll find me. So cool. yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us, Mark. Love it. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. <laughs>